Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman who hides the secret of her blood, and an emerging force threatening a tentative peace between humans and the Fae. This is a fantasy serial podcast, written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book Two, Allegiance. Chapter 12, Fingal, 15 years ago. Fingal lay in the crumpled sheets of the bed in the guest room, eyes fixated on the ceiling as the sun peeked through the window. The ray of sunlight grew larger and stronger, grounding Fingal's body. His mind hummed and turned with anxious thoughts that gripped him so tightly he couldn't move if he wanted to. He could take off with the girl, leave his friends in this middle-of-nowhere hamlet, at least until he figured out what to do with Riona. But if he left without warning, his friends would search for him. That was just who they were. Good people. Beneath him, the kitchen came to life with the sounds and smells of breakfast. Fingal's mouth watered as he pressed his hands against his stomach. His hunger, as always, could wait. He heard Malay and Dunlorgan first, their low brogues touched with the concern with the events of the past night, and then eventually, Nora and Dunnock and screaming baby Connor, who had been relocated to a different part of the house for the night, presumably because Nora wouldn't allow him out of her sight. He'd heard Brendan downstairs at one point as well, though only briefly. His revelry had likely continued elsewhere. Riona stirred beside him. She'd been awake most of last night, occasionally pacing the room and then curling up beside him, whispering to herself in either a made-up language or the fey tongue. She was still in her cloak. He'd have to get her a new one. It was already worn. The others might get suspicious if she continued to keep it on indoors. As he shifted his weight towards her, she slipped off the bed with a thump and headed for the empty cradle. Baby Connor's cries punctuated the house. He's hungry, Riona translated. Fingal slowly sat up, sighing. It was what, mid-morning? Once he assessed everyone's plans for the day, he could find an opportune moment for the two of them to slip away from this dusty, distrustful hamlet. Leading Riona downstairs without resistance, Fingal noted the mess of the party had been replaced with the mess of breakfast. Someone had baked several loaves of bread and had placed jars of jam on the counters and table. The kettle on the stove whistled. Donnock sat at the head of the table with baby Connor in his lap while trying to consume his bread and jam. Nora acknowledged Riona and Fingal with a wary smile before returning her attentions to the distressed baby Connor. I know, she told him remorsefully. You'll get your food soon, as soon as I'm finished with this tea. 
She heaved the heavy kettle off the stove and placed it on a coaster on the table before pouring cups for Donnock and herself. She probably hadn't forgiven Fingal for last night. You can help yourself, Fingal, after. Captain Stovall is here and he wants to see you outside. Fingal's heart raced. What did he want? Did he know? He turned away from Nora, feeling his face flush as the worst scenarios flashed before him. He should have left last night with Riona. He could have gotten a head start. They could have made it to Drohoven, or perhaps gone east to... There was still time. He could grab Riona and walk outside and make a run for it. They'd all see him running, and what with that flat terrain... But perhaps he could get far enough away. Brendan's out there too, Nora added. She settled down at the table again next to Donnock, who was struggling with a malcontent Connor on one knee and a dropped glob of jam on the other. I'll uh, go see, Fingal said. He reached out a hand to Riona. Brendan wouldn't let them escape easily, assuming he was in his usual good spirits. Best to face whatever he had coming. Sit and eat some breakfast, Iris, Nora said impatiently, pulling out a chair next to her for the young girl. Riona wrinkled her nose and looked up at Fingal. Sighing, he nodded his permission. The girl hadn't eaten since yesterday. While they were traveling to Ashdown, she'd grazed on what was readily available, if they were going to make a quick escape, best that the girl's needs were met first with a hearty meal before reintroducing her to foraging for food on the road. Why do you think he's here? Fingal asked, trying to keep the apprehension from his voice. He's just taking precautions, Nora said. Donna huffed an impatient sigh. He's upset in Manda. They've got a schedule to work by. I'm sure the captain will finish his investigation and everything will get back on track, Nora said. Meanwhile, we can talk to them about their proposal. Investigation. So the captain's rumblings to assuage the crowd had been serious. Couldn't believe that the destruction outside had been malicious. What proposal? Fingal asked instead. Now Nora huffed the sigh, and Donnock waved Fingal off. Go. I'll tell you later. I want to know, Riona said excitedly. She climbed up onto and adjusted her position on the chair beside Nora, and looked longingly at the sweet jam jar and the bread, waiting to be sliced. Nora smiled at the child. It's boring grown-up talk. You can know when you're older. At that, Riona slumped crossed her arms, and pouted at Fingal. Can I go outside now? No, stay there, Fingal said. They didn't need a repeat of last night, especially in broad daylight. Outside, the smell of fresh grass after rain assaulted Fingal's nose. He hadn't remembered the rain. Perhaps he'd gotten a moment of sleep after all. He shielded his eyes against the bright sun and squinted around the open field. Some distance away, near the road, 
Malay and Dunlorgan discussed new terms with the circle of engaged workers who seemed eager to get back to their jobs. Fingal's first impression of the damage everyone had been worried about was, it wasn't that bad. He walked around the side of the adjoining structure to do his own investigation. Fingal wasn't a builder, but growing up on the streets of the bustling capital, he was familiar with construction sites and scaffolding that wound high into the sky, seemingly into the clouds. The half-complete new building attached to the Dunma residence was intact. Very little to no evidence of damage at all. The scaffolding along the southwestern side had taken the greatest hit. It was little more than splinters and scrap metal in a disorganized heap. Wood planks and metal littered the field. Salvageable. One of the construction workers had taken it upon herself to gather these pieces in a neat pile by Male and Dunlorgan, probably for their personal inspection. Meanwhile, Galen Stovall and Brendan, who was eagerly combing the grass for reasons unknown, guarded the site itself. As Fingal approached cautiously, both men hailed him with varying degrees of excitement. Brendan appeared chipper, though the dark circles under his eyes told stories of his continued merrymaking after everyone else had gone to sleep. Galen's sharp gaze and neatly pressed uniform appeared to convey his soundless sleep after the evening's festivities, but Fingal could smell the man's apprehensive sweat. Fingal's stomach dropped. He couldn't let his guard down. Morning, Fingal! Brendan called with a brief wave. I, I knocked on your door this morning. You must have been sleeping still? Fingal had heard the knock with ringing clarity and had chosen to ignore it. Yeah, not sure I got enough. Well, we've got time to rest up. Brendan replied cheerfully and pulled a needle-sized piece of sharp metal from the grass. He held it up for Galen to inspect. Is this anything? Waddling to Brendan, the captain crouched and gave it a thorough once-over. Could be. Add it to the pile. Brendan had created a separate pile of especially burnt pieces of wood and metal, apparently all under Galen's direction. It was stacked nearly as high as Fingal's knees. Brendan daintily added the metal fragment to the topmost piece of wood and backed away slowly, holding out his hands to brace the pile in case of a mishap. Nora's words rang in Fingal's ears. Investigation. In towns as small and undeveloped as Ashdown, it wasn't uncommon for Imperials to become the law, and Galen Stovall was more than eager to take up the task. The explosion last night had been abnormally loud, and the burnt rubble before them could be explained away by a freak bolt of lightning, localized on the house. Fingal doubted anyone would accept that, especially when a more frightening explanation lingered fresh in everyone's minds. Nora said you wanted to see me, Fingal said. Galen gave him the barest of glances and nodded curtly. Sun's been up for ages. Fingal tightened his jaw. The world goes on, Captain. Hmm, he gestured at the rebel. I've seen this kind of damage before in Caterborough during a raid. Very few things can burn wood and especially metal in a short burst. And why do you want to speak to me specifically? 
If the captain could just get to the point, he and Riona could leave Ashdown in their dust and never return. You were, uh, outside just after the explosion? Galen said, narrowing his gaze. Along with everyone else, Fingal replied. But not immediately, Galen pointed out. I don't remember you in the crowd. Fingal glanced at the destroyed scaffolding. Is this an interrogation, Captain? For a long moment, Galen Stovall held Fingal's contemptuous gaze. The stout captain curled his lips slightly, considering if Fingal was even worth his time. He probably wasn't. Fingal knew the captain's type, which still left the mystery as to why he remained in Ashdown at all. No, of course not, Galen said finally. The words dribbled out of his mouth. He was a puppet, speaking with dead eyes. Just wondering why you didn't evacuate immediately, like the rest of us. I had to check on the girl, Fingal said. Right, the girl. Iris? That's right. She's not yours, though. Yours. He had to stay calm. Fingal felt the blood drain from his face. The Imperial could not know. I'm looking after her. For now. She was with some of the other children we liberated from the castle. Brendan added. No one claimed her, so we've all been keeping an eye on her. Shut up, Brendan, Fingal wanted to say, and tried to communicate this to his friend, but Brendan had busied himself picking up more stray, slightly burnt pieces of wood. He was not one to stand still during a serious conversation. She doesn't have a family name, Galen continued. Now he looked at the ruined scaffolding and undamaged building with renewed interest. Fingal followed the captain's gaze and clasped his hands behind his back. No, no, no. What was the Fay Queen's family name? Did she have one? Everyone called her the Evil Queen, or Queen Catriona, or simply the Queen. Fingal didn't want to think about it because thinking about the Fay Queen could summon her to his mind. The captain suspected something was amiss. He'd noted Fingal's unusual family name right away, Morpleth. It wasn't a typical family name, and yet Fingal couldn't have lied to the captain, not with his friends there. Only someone with deep knowledge of the Fae would suspect the truth. Somehow the captain would use his influence, and he'd find out about Fingal, his past, the girl, the Fae Queen, the secrets, the lies. The murder. She wouldn't say. She may not know it, Fingal offered. Galen grunted. In disagreement or otherwise, it was unclear. Things don't happen without reason or cause. Sometimes they do, Fingal countered, shrugging. Hmm. Galen shook his head. When you're older, you'll see. The captain wasn't much older than Fingal and his friends, he had perhaps ten years on them. The war did terrible things to one's constitution and appearance. Come to think of it, being a captain at thirty-odd years of age was a feat itself. What had Galen done to earn his title so young, 
And why was he not in the capital or some other prestigious city serving humankind? Galen Stovall picked up one of the pieces of scaffolding, a burnt piece of wood, and swung it recreationally, grinning suddenly at Fingal. I'll take this back to the boys and see what they make of it. Between you and me and Brandon, of course, Fay Magic did this. And if that's so, they're out there deliberately attacking us and breaking the peace. And let me tell you, the king will hear about this because I have his ear. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox, a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall. If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. It took all of Fingal's willpower to swallow Galen's words with nonchalance and a shrug. Good luck finding a fay around here. I've never failed a mission. Won't rest until the neighbors are safe. Galen gestured to Brendan. Coming? Right. Their lunch. It was later than he'd thought. Yeah, Brendan said distantly. He frowned. What about the rest of this? He pointed at the pile he'd painstakingly made. I'll send my men to get it. Galen was already striding away towards the dirt road, gesturing for Brendan to keep up. Adeline is preparing a feast for lunch. Hope you're hungry. Brendan scurried after Galen like a stray cat, but stole a look over his shoulder at Fingal who, of course, had not been invited to this scrumptious feast, much to Fingal's relief. If Galen suspected fey magic was the cause of the damage, it was only a matter of time before Riona would slip up, and he didn't want to think about it. He opened and shut the front door of the Dunmah residence quickly and ran up the stairs to the bedroom and proceeded to pace. They had to leave. Galen never failed a mission. He wouldn't stop until Fingal admitted he was a criminal, a thief, and nobody with a false name. They had very little Ergid, virtually no supplies, but Fingal would figure that out. They could go to Briuse. No one would suspect that. The capital was too volatile right now, too many fey-hating humans. If he could just... Yes, good. Riona opened the bedroom door with ease and lingered in the threshold, looking up at him with large, inquisitive eyes. She nearly tripped over her too long cloak. He'd sew that later. He hadn't seen her at the table. Come to think of it, he didn't know if Nora, Donnock, and Baby Connor were still in the kitchen, or if they'd gone to their bedroom or somewhere else. I'm going outside to play with Nora, Riona announced. No, you're going to play with me he said. She frowned. No. Could she sense his lie? Why don't you want to play with me? Fingal asked, letting slip some of the desperation in his voice. 
Fingal wasn't certain on the girl's full range of magical power, but she did have an uncanny sense of whether or not to trust a person. Otherwise, she wouldn't have listened to her mother and escaped the castle with Fingal in the first place. You won't let me fly, she said. Fingal's eyes widened. Her voice seemed so loud. They might hear her. He guided her away from the door and shut it, perhaps too hard. The young girl recoiled, terrified, towards the bed. Sorry, but you know you can't do that around the rest of them. You'll know what they'll do if they find out who or what you are. Fingal scrubbed his face. How many times had he whispered this to her on the road? How many more times would he have to tell her that the world wasn't safe and those people who made it safe were few and far between? More pleth. Galen would find out the truth about them both. I won't tell, she said defiantly, crossing her arms. I know you won't, but after last night, some people here are suspicious. I'm not doing anything, she said again, louder this time. The smell of roses disseminated in the room. Her trapped wings fluttered noisily beneath her cloak, just enough to lift her off the ground. Before Fingal could stop her, Riona tore backward, and one of her wings escaped from the confining cloth of her cloak. Come back here, Fingal shouted, but Riona was giggling, and she flew higher this time towards the ceiling, which only delighted her more. Catch me, she squealed. I will. Fingal waved his hands and stood on his tiptoes. She hadn't mastered the art of flying yet, but as she darted just out of his reach, she adjusted her cloak again so both of her large violet wings were free to do what they did best. She squealed some more, kicking her tiny legs and flapping her arms to balance her hovering movements, and for one small moment, Fingal felt pride. After weeks of being confined, she was finally free to be herself. But it was in that moment that the door behind them opened and immediately slammed shut again. Fingal spun around. Riona dropped to the floor with concerning speed. Brendan pressed against the wooden door, his hands splayed in fear, his eyes wild and unforgiving. She's a fae. episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. If you want to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com. <laughs>